Hey guys, welcome back to But Why Should I Care with Deanna Huff and Ellie Huff. Today we're going to be talking about a worldview, a religion that has changed and evolved over time that we're just going to break down uh, because it is still seen in our culture and that is Catholicism. So you want to talk about yeah, the so history? When we, talk, when we say the word Catholicism, we're actually going to refer to the Roman Catholic Church because mm-hmm. sometimes... People have these questions over Catholicism, but the reason there's a little bit of confusion sometimes is because in the early church, everyone was Catholic. Catholic actually was defined as universal. So it was the universal church because there was just one church. And so everybody was Catholic. And I think there's some confusion for people sometimes when they say that they're holding to Catholic ideas as opposed to maybe the Roman Catholic Church. And of course, there's the Eastern Orthodox Church that broke off from the Roman Catholic Church. And not to go into too much detail, but just want to say this here is that in the early church, right after Christ was risen and the church began to grow and develop, you know, it basically grew really fast, yeah, right? Rightly so. And as it exploded in its numbers, they needed more and more teachers. And so they began to put different leaders over different sections of churches mm-hmm. and started, you know, calling them Devo- bishops yeah. and, and developing started developing the, the leadership of, within the churches. Yeah. And over time, you know, you end up getting a, a pretty organized church. And then when Constantine comes in, mm-hmm. you kind of get some problems with it merging into government. Well, anyway, needless to say, yeah. over time in the development of the church, you know, this was just considered to be one universal church. And of course, you had the councils where people were having to affirm God's word and what was endorsed in the early church and, Mm -hmm. you know, what really were the scriptures that were held to. And what were the criteria. And what were the criteria and things like that. And so as it developed, you had a couple of popes who, who, you know, were arguing in the eastern and western half of the Roman Empire, right? And they ended up getting in this this argument and disagreement. And so they basically excommunicated each other and they had a break. And so one went into the direction of the Eastern Orthodox Church, one went in the direction of the Roman Catholic Church. And as you follow the Roman Catholic Church, then you get into the, you know, the 1500s and then you get into the time where Martin Luther has risen up and Martin Luther comes on the scene and, and he says, go ahead. Yeah, this was a time, right, that the the scripture had been taken out of the hands of the people they couldn't read the scriptures on their own um and you saw i mean this is what i've learned from like it was my in latin save class or whatever yeah. so if this is wrong you just no, this feel is, free to correct me because it was good. a while back but um at this time this was like a developing uh time of countries and things and so um there were uh, leaders who were using different sort of incentives, I guess, to um, like draw the people to, um, you know, believe what they believed, and then they would uh, lead in a way that used that authority to, um, I don't know, like create good values within the people. So there was a time of like the Roman values 
which were kind of like stoicism and things of that assortment. And then there was this rise in Christianity, but with the rise in Christianity, it was a good thing because many people were becoming Christians, but, um, the power was being put in the hands of people and people are ultimately sinful. And so they became corrupt and we're seeing how they could manipulate the people with the, um, authority of, God, I guess. So they were saying, you know, this divine right idea, like I'm a king, God has put me in place. So you need to listen to me because God has put me here. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So the government was intermixed with the Roman Catholic church. Yes. Yeah. So once you put those like government and, um, religious, you know, ideas together and you have corrupt man, then they're obviously going to try and, you know, control you with yeah. those ideas yes especially since they took the uh true gospel out of the hands of the people they started doing things like well yeah like the pope wanted to you know build saint peter's basilica and leave a legacy for himself and so right. he he starts you know wanting these people to give all these indulgences right. and get to give all these monies toward saint peter's basilica so mm-hmm. he twist things in a way that people will give monies to get their friends and family out of purgatory or they you know buy these indulgences so that certain things can happen and in that they are definitely betraying the people right yes well yes because they're, they're, they began to preach a false gospel mm-hmm. which was not that by grace we are saved through faith it was uh, by indulgences, you can get out of purgatory and help your friends and family get out of purgatory. And then maybe you might get to heaven one day, but probably not. Yeah, yeah. And it was a very works mentality. And mm-hmm. as as Martin Luther comes on the scene and he starts to see these things that are going on, he says, wait a second. You know, he starts reading God's word and he says, uh, that's th- this is inconsistent with God's word, and so this is where he goes and he puts the ninety-five thesis on the board to right. tell the Pope, or on the door to tell the Pope, hey, you know, people are being misled and they are being deceived, right. and so we need to make sure that that stops. He he actually was wanting the Pope to to step out and say, oh wait, these wrongs are being committed. Let's correct, Let's correct them. them. That right. would make sense. He yeah. he he wasn't necessarily wanting to break off from the Roman Catholic yes. Church. Yeah. But there were five things in particular that stood out from the Roman Catholic Church and what ends up happening in the Protestant Reformation, Mm -hmm. which there's a treaty that comes out of that, the Treaty of Augsburg, that's signed and says now the people can choose to be either Catholic or they can choose to be Protestant. But the things that came out of that are really important. And today, you know, you have the Pope, and especially after Vatican II, which was a big council that happened, I think, around the 1960s. And basically, the Roman Catholic Church said, hey, we want to be one again with the Protestants. That's and, ecumenism? Is that yeah, ecumenism. ecumenism. Uh-huh, that's that exactly what it is. And so you have all these people saying that. And I think one of the things we want to talk about today is we're, what we're not saying is who's Christian and who's not. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not trying to say who's saved and who's not saved. Right, right. What we're trying to say is what do the Roman Catholic... Orthodox believe, mm-hmm. and what do the Protestant 
believe. Exactly. And so yeah. the the things that we can look at are definitely the five solas, which okay. came out of Martin Luther, mm-hmm. which is scripture alone, faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone, and to the glory of God alone. And as we talk about some of these things that came out of the Reformation, we'll be able to have a better picture of why we would say mm-hmm. there are clear differences between Roman Catholicism and right. the Protestant Church. And when you say solas, you uh, ex- expand on that. What is solas? Yeah, so alone. So right. Christ alone. And the reason is because remember during that time period, like you were saying earlier, the the people couldn't read the Bible because it was in Latin. Mm-hmm. And that's why they couldn't read the scriptures for themselves. And the Pope and the magistrate said, basically, you know, God handed his word down through us and we are the interpreters of it and you shouldn't be reading it and martin luther was like wait a second yeah we can read the bible we can read the bible on our own yeah and that's um, a really important piece i think of information about the catholic church that i didn't know was um just like uh going off of what is authoritative because um i mean i look at catholicism from the outside looking in a while back before i like studied it and i would see like okay just seems more legalistic. It appears that they still believe they need a priest in the place of, you know, that Jesus took as our eternal priest or whatever, uh, our universal priest. Anyways, um, but there's so much more to it than just they're going to confess to a man. There's this whole idea of um, a misunderstanding of the authority. So we have priests and saints, right? In the Roman Catholic Church. In the Roman Catholic Church, right. Um, which have more authority than the scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that? Yeah, so when we talk about the priests, they're the ones who interpret the scriptures, and they're the ones who deliver the scriptures. And so um, that is going to be important in the Roman Catholic Church. But also, you mentioned right here, saints, which I think is a very important aspect mm-hmm. because... One of the things that's truly different between Roman Catholicism and the Protestant belief is that, you know, we we pray to Christ, right? Mm-hmm. We confess our sins to Christ, yes. all those kinds of things, right? And um, we pray to Christ. He is the intercessory, right? right? Right. And that's what the scriptures say in the New Testament. But they actually pray to the saints. Now, why do they do that? Because in the Apocrypha, that you know, they do pray to the saints, and they hold to the fact not just the scriptures themselves. But they also have the Apocrypha. Now, people might be sitting back saying, what's the Apocrypha? Right. But the Apocrypha was written during the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it was books that actually the Jews would read, like the Maccabees, mm-hmm. right? right? And they would read them for historical purposes. But they didn't hold on to the authority of the Hebrew Old Testament. Mm-hmm. We, we say Old Testament. They would say the Hebrew Scriptures. The, Hebrew scriptures yeah. the law, the writings, right? Yes. And so the Jews would say, yes, absolutely, we hold to the Hebrew writings. But they wouldn't uphold the Apocrypha to the same level. Right. And the Roman Catholic Church during the 1500s at the Council of Trent, 
they actually affirmed and put the Apocrypha on equal footing as the, as the Hebrew Scriptures, which is also equal footing as the Pope, right? So the, the problem here is going to be that the Scriptures are what is our authority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for the Roman Catholic Church, it's the magistrate, the Bible, mm -hmm. as well as the Apocrypha. Yeah, and I think this is really important to um, kind of deep dive into is this idea of a changing authority um, because, you know, we as Christians believe that we can know what is true, we can know what is good, we can know what is beautiful. Um, because we have this plumb line or this standard, that being the Gospels, this is where we go back to, this is our Bible, this is our truth. Uh, without this standard of truth, we can't truly know goodness and we can't know what is beautiful. Uh, that being said, if we, you know, take out this, you know, standard that is the Bible and we put these ever-changing people and authorities, how are we to know what is, what is true? And this is really important because um, they've lost, I believe, like Roman Catholics don't really have anything to stand on. I mean, they look back and they say, we can uphold, you know, the apocryphal books, which are directly inconsistent with the scriptures. So how are we supposed to understand what is true and what is not true? And how are we supposed to interpret the Bible and the apocrypha, that being with the Pope and with your priest and all these different things. So there's this now inconsistent understanding of what truth is, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, this is just really important to point out because, you know, you see, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but just how much the Catholic Church has evolved. And many would even say today that I've talked with that claim or are questioning, you know, this idea of Catholicism. They're like, I can really get with Catholicism because... You know, you can interpret the scriptures however you want, pretty much. Um, you don't necessarily have to even accept all of the core beliefs in Christianity. It's more like a loving God, universalist kind of progressive Christianity. Idea. Yeah, and that really is the development of the Roman Catholic Church today. Right. When you when you look at the Orthodox yes. ideas of the Roman Catholic Church, they definitely can be seen in what they call the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So they basically have a book or if you will that, that they look at and they study from. In fact, when I was talking to a Roman Catholic, she was she just she was calling me you know sister and i said that's an interesting thing that you would call me sister mm -hmm. and i said because you know we have some different beliefs regarding the scriptures and, and salvation right and i think that that's one of the most important things is is it is in salvation but mm -hmm. while we're talking right. about the fact that it's scripture alone because that's kind of what we're on we we're talking yes. about the five yeah, solas yeah, yeah. just to you know recap here mm -hmm. um just to say that in in the in the scriptures alone being the criteria the woman was saying to me you know well um, you know, we believe basically the same thing. And I, I asked the question, I said, do we believe the same thing? Well, let's kind of talk about <laughs> that, right? Yeah. And so we had a really, really great discussion. And and I love being able to, to talk to people. One of the things that's in Syriac, 
in the Apocrypha, it teaches that almsgivings Mm -hmm. makes the atonement for sin. And whosoever honors his father makes an atonement for his sin. And that can, that's in Sirach 3.3. And you can also see it in, in 3.30. That's, that's the Apocrypha that's in their right. additional books, you know, in the Roman Catholic Church. And so I look at that and I say, okay, well, let's, let's transition from Scripture alone to Christ alone. Mm-hmm. If, if Christ alone has atoned for my sin, why do I need almsgiving right. to atone for my sin? Exactly. See, this is another problem I see with the Roman Catholic Church and the scriptures, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The Roman Catholic Church in Christ alone, because it is Christ alone. Right. And you see that um, later on with the idea with the atonement for sin, because in our like Christian Bible and our Romans, you know, 320, it says, therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. So we have this idea that, you know, um, the law shows us what we are doing right and what we are doing wrong. Um, but then you go into the apocryphal books, you go to Ecclesiasticus 3, 330, and it says, water will quench a flaming fire and alms maketh atonement for sins, which is like explicitly saying, you can make up for your sin as long as you do these things, which is the opposite of the Gospels and the yeah. opposite of Christ alone. Atonement and the whole sola, yeah, sola Christ, I guess. Yes. Only Christ, Christ alone. Uh, yeah, so it's really important to look at these because um, a lot of people would, you know, look at these books and say, well, what's the difference between the Apocrypha and the Bible? They're all the same. They have the same information. They're historically the same. Well, that's all not true it's historically inaccurate it's contradictory to the truths of um the other books of the bible and um other criteria they had to be written by um, an apostle and like all of these different things contribute to why the apocryphal books were left out now we can look at them and say oh this is interesting we can draw these interesting truths from it i guess we could we could look at it in a historical Historical. perspective and say okay yeah this this is something that they were looking at it like the maccabees we do know some things by these things that were written but they're not on the level of inspired by god inspired by god that's important okay yes yes so this leads us kind of to our next um thing to talk about which um we kind of want to break down what is important about the gospel and um why legalism is just absolutely incorrect correct yeah absolutely and and that we can't have this you know works-based idea of trying to get to god and the enemy is so sly Mm -hmm. right i mean he tries to give get us off track to think that if we do these certain things or meet these certain standards and then we hold everybody else accountable to these certain standards right? right now we do know that christ is the standard and we should be striving for holiness. Mm-hmm. We know that to be true. But it is not a works mentality. It is a mentality that Christ was crucified for my sin mm-hmm. and he rose and is coming again. And now out of my deep gratitude and love for him, mm-hmm. I have repented of my right. sin. He takes my place. Right. He has given the cost for my sin. It's paid for. It's mm-hmm. done. And um, now I walk each day striving to be more like him in holiness Mm -hmm. so that out of my um 
attitude of gratefulness to do what is right that would please and honor him. And and that's one of the that's one of the solas is is to glorify God, right? Right. To glorify God in all that you do. It's not by works, but everything that we do is an internal to the external mm-hmm. from the Holy Spirit working inside of us through the reading of the scriptures and that is being poured out of us. Right, exactly right. So that being said, all of those things are important. We find them in the Bible alone. Um, and these are ideas that um, Catholicism doesn't necessarily uphold, um, doesn't necessarily reject either, but like doesn't necessarily uphold. They just add so many things to it, right? Now, what do you mean by that? Um, you know, Roman Catholics might believe God is good and we are sinners and Jesus died for our sins and we need to ask for forgiveness and then it takes faith but also oh yes 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 so it's like an it's like an addition yes you need to do these additional things just like the Bible plus the Apocrypha yes exactly and and that's what I think too it's like Christ plus Plus, the magistrate yeah exactly it's like Christ is yeah exactly Exactly. And that's why it's it's so important for us to understand what does it mean by these things that Martin Luther was trying to recognize and right. say, no, it's scripture alone. It's faith alone. Mm-hmm. It's grace alone. It's Christ alone. It's to the glory of God alone. Mm-hmm. These are the things that are central tenets to uh, God's word and the mm-hmm. speaking of God's word and salvation. Exactly right. So, uh, moving on to kind of like my experience with um, speaking to, you know, um, Catholic, proclaiming Catholic people, um, I have seen, uh, just as I think we talked about this earlier, how um, Christianity has taken this progressive Christianity stance. Today, yes, yes. Um, how I think Catholicism and the Roman Catholic Church has become this like pro- there. There are also those in my generation who have become like progressive Catholic. Yeah, and that's interesting because like if I'm talking to a Roman Catholic my age, yes, they're going to think differently than a Roman Catholic maybe that is your yes. age. And I think that that's a good that's a good distinction. Perhaps? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think that due to this whole idea of the loss of truth with um the authority you know we can believe um people who have studied for you know so many years the bible and become priests like we can believe whatever they say kind of thing i think that we um our generation has taken advantage of that and um decided to change core beliefs that we have about Christianity. Many people, um, Richard Rohr being one, uh, Richard Rohr is a Catholic father recently. Uh, he wrote this book about the universal Christ and it emphasizes this idea of panentheism and how everything is in God and uh, we are all God and Christ is in everything. Christ, and he, he makes this like statement in the book, something along the lines of like, Christ is even in my dog, you know? And like, I love that. And that's a joyous <laughs> thing to me. And, you know, I just sat there and I was like, I'm trying to be, you know, as a philosophy major, I try to be open-minded a little bit and be like, well, you know, I could be wrong. And I'm just sitting there like, this is just absolutely ridiculous. And I was like, this one's a little far of a stretch for me. Um, and just, you know, Christ in everything. Like, physically in everything and we are physically in him and i was just like man we 
he must have done a lot of stretching in the scriptures to be able to accept both that, you know, the gospel is true and also this doctrine, you know, yeah, metaphysically, yeah. I guess. Uh-huh. Um, and then he goes on to talk about his interpretation of the Bible and he's like, well, you know, actually, I don't really believe most of the Bible. Um, I uh, draw these truths from it, you know, whatever I want to draw out of it kind of thing. It was really interesting. And I was like, wow, Catholicism is, you know, changed. Um, and these are the kind of like, because I, I got someone suggested for me to to listen to this podcast with Richard Rohr. And so I was like, wow, these are things that my generation truly believes. So it's going to be the topics that we talk about. A lot of um, other things that they, yeah. Yeah, this is really interesting too. I just want to say this because I know uh, we don't have a lot of time left. Yeah. But, you know, this kind of reminds me the craziness of someone saying that, oh, yeah, I believe the Bible to be true, and I follow the Bible, and, you know, this is a core element, but then they completely dismiss <laughs> yeah. all of it. It kind Live of reminds me of somebody who, who says, yeah, I'm married, and they're, like, wearing a wedding ring, yeah, but, like, they don't live at home. Yeah. They don't live with their spouse. <laughs> they don't do anything that would look like marriage. Yeah, right. They're, they're basically living out into the world, mm-hmm. you know, sure. in this whole nother lifestyle. And you're just thinking, wait a second. Well, I, I don't think we quite have yeah. the understanding of what marriage is. Right. And I think that that's what happens when you completely dismiss God's word. Mm-hmm. You can get into all these other things. Oh, yeah. And of course, but why should we care? Yes. And this is really important because... Um, We need to know the truth of the Bible because this is where we draw um, what we understand to be true and how we know what is good and how we understand what is beautiful um, and how to live our daily lives. So um, this whole idea of truly knowing what we believe, adhering to um, what the Bible literally says and being guided by the Spirit through uh, the Bible so that we don't, you know, get in these conversations with people and then, you know, look at them and say, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm Catholic, but I don't believe in hell. And you can have a good response for that because you know what you believe and you know how to tell them, oh, well, I mean, I understand why we would wish that that is not the case, but what is the point if there is no hell, you know, and be able to take those first steps in saying like, I understand why you believe that with your Catholic faith, but these are the reasons as to why we should believe in the authority of the Bible over the authority of, um, you know, the Pope or the authority of your priest or the Apocrypha and have these, you know, tools in your tool belt to be like, okay, this is how I'm going to direct you to the truth and dismiss this um, fluid kind of idea of Catholicism that is continuing to evolve into pretty much universalist Christianity. So we need to have these answers. It's important to um, have those ready for whenever you have these conversations with people. So it's important to speak the truth in love. Remember that. Remembering that it's sola scriptura, scripture alone, um, all these things. And then a couple questions to ask um, that can be helpful to direct your conversations. Um, we'll just list a few of them now. Yeah, and and just while you're getting ready to say a couple of those mm-hmm. questions, Mike Gendron has a website. I think it's called Proclaiming the Gospel. But if you just look at Mike Gendron, then it should take you there. And he has a lot of great resources and 
can kind of direct and mm-hmm. helping understand that. If you want to go more into in depth into the ideas of um, traditional Roman Catholicism and things yeah. like that. And yeah. And so also, if you want to go ahead and end with those questions. Yeah, or- absolutely. So these are a couple questions that can direct to your conversations. Um, how do you hope to get into heaven? Are you relying on what Christ has done or what you were doing? Just kind of direct. Um, is purgatory necessary to purge your sins? Why do priests continue on and alter what Jesus finished on the cross? And why did Jesus have to die? These are all good questions to put in your um, mental logbook for when you're talking to Catholics. Yeah. And also, while you're thinking about that, maybe you, you can ask yourself, mm-hmm. you know, how does the scriptures answer right. these questions? And then, you know, when you're having a conversation with someone, you know, they, they may not have a lot of theology behind them. They may just say to you, hey, you know, I'm Roman Catholic and I believe that Jesus died for my sins and I, I really don't know much more than that. And, and I always look at Apollos in the Bible and say, you know, when Priscilla and Achilla came along and, and taught him where there were some errors, then he changed and he, he recognized the scriptures were true and went on in his sanctification. And a lot of times that can happen for us and mm-hmm. that can happen as we work with our friends and exactly. family in these ways and so and work we just those think, hard questions the work through those hard questions yourself and work through them you know with other people as well yeah all right well that's all we have for catholicism today we hope this one made you think